Michigan. One of the greatest dreams that a man can have is that his children would prosper, that they would do well. And God has more than met um, that in our sons, Joshua and JD, that are now Pastor Josh and Pastor JD. It's shocking to watch them go from, you know, running around the house naked to, and that was just three years ago for JD. <laughs> and, and now making us a grandfather, being a husband. Uh, I love the man that's coming to speak to you this morning about the vision. Um, I get to pastor one of the largest Assemblies of God churches in the nation. His is three times my size. And he's 20, how many, seven? Cut him in half and count the rings. 28, oh, congratulations. <laughs> 20 years old. Would you welcome our online pastor, Pastor Josh Wiegand this morning? Hey, good morning. It sticks a little bit first for some Oh, I thought you were talking about your hug. Well, thank you. Um, like you said, Pastor Josh here at the Freedom Center. You totally stole my thunder. The very first thing that I was going to say was about your guys' anniversary being on uh, tomorrow. 30 years, I'm going to talk about it anyways. Just thank you for being the godly example that you guys are. We need couples that are older than us that show us what godly married couples look like. And you guys have lived that your whole life. Um, the people that you see at stand on the stage every Sunday, they don't go home and act like totally different people. I can confirm to you that they're the exact same people off the stage as they are on the stage. My dad wouldn't know how to fake being somebody else. He just doesn't know how to do that. Like, he couldn't. He, he is who he is. Um, but anyways, um, I'm going to do something really quick, Brett. I know we're supposed to be playing a video, but I just really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying something to me during worship. Uh, I don't normally do this, but I just felt like God was telling me, uh, if you know a little bit about my wife and I's story, we've been married a little bit over five years, and a couple years ago, we were trying to have a kid, and it just wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. We were about two years in, and we, we hadn't gotten pregnant yet, and uh, we started seeing some doctors because we didn't know what was, uh, what was wrong, and the doctors essentially told us, they said, uh, it's going to be really hard for you guys to get pregnant. Like, it's not impossible, but there's a good chance that you guys might never have a baby. And that was really, really hard to hear. Um, my wife, I always thought she'd be a great mother, and to hear that we might not get that opportunity was really hard. And uh, a couple weeks later, we actually found out that we were pregnant, and we got really excited about that, um, just to find out about six weeks later that my wife had miscarried. And that was one of the hardest times, if not the hardest time in our entire life, because it was just like, God, you've given us like this this blessing, and it just felt like in an instant it had all been taken away from us. And uh, about 10 months after she had her miscarriage, we actually held our son in our arms for the very first time. Um, and that was about a year ago. And what I want to do really quick, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying this, is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for couples that have been trying to have a kid that it just hasn't happened yet. Um, so I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to ask you to stand or raise your hand or anything because um, I don't want to embarrass you. But if you've been trying to have a kid and it just hasn't happened yet, I want to pray for you because I believe in a God that still does miracles today. I believe in a God that um, he didn't stop doing miracles in the first century. He's a healing God, and anything's possible with him. And I'm believing for more children. That's not going to be our only kid. We're going to have more kids. Amen. You're welcome. <laughs> So if you would just pray with me really quick, and then we'll get started. I've got a couple of fun stories to tell you, some videos to show you. It's going to be like Children's Church today. It's going to be a ton of fun. So God, we just pray right now. Uh, 
whatever's going on in these people's lives, Father, whatever isn't working, um, we just pray for healing. We pray for your perfection, Father. Heaven is perfect, and we pray that right now heaven would come and invade these people's bodies that are trying to have children, Father. We thank you so much for the blessing of children, Father. I thank you so much for my son. I get to look at him every morning and just think that you are a God of miracles. And I pray that you would just do some miracles in this room right now, Jesus. If you're watching online and you're trying to have a kid, or if you're here trying to have a kid, Father, we just we thank you in advance for what you're already going to do, Father. We love you, Father, and we look forward to the testimonies of people getting pregnant and people having kids. Amen. Cool. All right. Well, if I had a title for today's sermon, the title would be Course Correction. Uh, I want to tell you a little story. Aren't airplanes awesome? I love airplanes. I, uh, back in November, I had the opportunity to go to Australia, and it's crazy. It's like 10,000 miles away, and you can get there in a day. Um, 10,000 miles is really far. But I want to tell you a story about a specific flight that happened September 1st, 1983. It was a Korean Airlines flight 007, like James Bond. Uh, it was flying from New York to Seoul, Korea, with a stop in Anchorage, Alaska. It was South Korean airline, and if you, if you weren't around in 1983 like I wasn't around in 1983, what you don't know is that there are a lot of tensions between the U.S. and Russia, and you couldn't fly over Russian airspace. So today, if you took that flight, you could go from New York to Seoul, no problem. But because of the fact that you couldn't fly over Russian airspace, they had to make a stop in Anchorage, Alaska. So they flew from New York to Anchorage, and everything was fine. They landed, they were refueling, they were going to fly from Anchorage to Korea. So they take off from Anchorage, Alaska, and they, they plot their course and they start heading towards Seoul, Korea. Little did they know, they were off by about two degrees from where they were supposed to be flying. So they're flying, the flight's about eight, nine hours, and they're slowly but surely going farther and farther off course. About six hours into the flight, they're now at this point 390 miles off course of where they want to be, and they have no idea that they're off course. They think they're headed for Seoul, South Korea. They have nobody on board has any idea. And they eventually end up flying over some Russian airspace, which is obviously a no-no. And the Russians end up sending a couple of planes into the sky because they want to see what's going on. They think it's an American spy plane. And it's dark outside, so they can't tell that it's just a regular plane that's lost. And so this pilot that is in the plane trying to check to see what, what this plane is, thinking that it's a spy plane, he radios the plane. No response. Radios the plane again. No response. Radios the plane a third time. No response. Russia, the government then, gives him the ability to shoot the plane down, and he shoots the plane down, and 269 innocent people die instantly without any idea that they were even on the wrong direction. And I tell you that story today because I want to tell you that some of us are only one to two degrees off of where we're supposed to be. And we're headed in a certain direction, and we think we're right on the will of God. We're right there, and Brett, you can stop the video now. That was cool. I just wanted to keep your guys' attention. Were you watching the screens? Yeah? Okay, cool. 
So you think that you're headed in the right direction. You're so close, but you're just one to two degrees off. And as you continue down that path, one day you wake up and you realize, I don't know where I am anymore. I don't know where Pastor Jim's going right now. He's going somewhere. Okay. okay. <laughs> I want to give you guys some stats uh, on live stream, and then I'm going to come back to tell you why I told you that story. Sorry, it's not supposed to be like a depressing day today, so that's a sad story. Um, 269 innocent people lost their life in 1983. Um, I heard that story for the first time in November. I've never learned that in school or anything. I thought that was really, really interesting. I'm going to give you some stats on live stream. Um, just really quick, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the online pastor at Freedom Center. My wife and I have been here for, oh gosh, forever. We met at this church. Um, I've been coming here for 22 years. So here's some stats on live stream in 2018, and then I'm going to connect the dots back to that story I wanted to start with. Okay. So every single week, we live stream our services. If you're looking at me and you're like, I've never seen this kid before, I had no idea that he was a pastor at the Freedom Center, that's because every week, if you were to cut a hole in this screen right here, there's a studio that me and my small team are in. Basically, we're hosting the service every single week. That's where... We run all of our camera production out of, our audio, our video, everything is in that little, little room back there. But every single week we have over 3,000 people that watch and participate outside of the service right here. Um, our typical average attendance here is between 11 and 1,200 people. So we have, like Pastor was saying, almost three times the amount of people that are watching on the internet than are watching in this room, which is crazy. Uh, a majority of our new visitors now, we're finding out as we meet them in the guest room, as they come back to the guest room, they actually found out about us online. So they'll watch a service online before they ever step foot in the building, which is awesome. We want people, we, we were doing online before, but it wasn't really accurately portraying who we were as a church, and so we've gotten much better at that. So when people walk into the room, are, they already know what to expect because we do a better job of kind of showing what our room looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, our quality was vastly improved. Whoever watched the live stream from like 2016 or earlier? Mary Cunningham, I know you have. <laughs> Chuck, did you raise your hand too? Yes. So if you, if you watched it back then, it was um, terrifying, I think is probably a good word to use, horrifying. Um, it was one camera, it'd be on whoever's leading worship here, really tight shot, and it would just stay there the whole time. But the stage would be dark, so you're kind of looking at shadows singing songs, and it was, yeah, like I said, terrifying. Terrifying is a good word to use. And the best part about live stream is that we're not changing the message, but we're changing how we deliver that message. So the message is always Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus. But people have changed, right? The average person 10 years ago, they spent an hour a day on the internet. Now the average person today, they spend two and a half hours on the internet. And I would argue that people in their 20s and 30s spend way more time on the internet than just two and a half hours. So we need to reach people where they're already spending their time. They're, they're spending their time on the internet. And so we need an online church because we need to be able to reach people where they're at. And lastly, eight out of 10 unchurched Americans would come to church if they were invited. 
And we've made that literally as easy as possible. All you have to do to invite somebody to church is go to our Facebook Live while it's happening, and you hit share. And then if you're friends with that person, they're going to see it in their timeline. You just invited them to church. Did you know the study just came out? I, I love statistics, and this study just came out that in 2017, 2% of American Christians invited an unsaved person to church. 2%. That's 98% of people that are not inviting any unsaved people to church in the entire year. And this makes it really easy. You don't even have to walk up to somebody. You can literally just hit share from behind your computer. Is that cool? That's cool, right? Yeah? Cool? Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Was that you, Miss Pat? Clapping? Thank you. I love her. She's like my grandma. She's not really my grandma, but she is. she's blowing kisses to me back there right now. So I love you, Miss Pat. So the question I get a lot now is, now what? We've got 3,000 people that watch on the internet, so now what? What do we do next? And honestly, for a lot of last year, I was struggling with that question because I didn't know. The goal was, let's do an online church, and then we'll figure out what's next. And we're to that point now where we have to figure out what's next. And I just really felt like um, God was giving me this verse, that the thief comes to only steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I really felt like God was saying to us, these people, they're watching online, but they don't have any real community. They're just watching on the internet, and that's the end. They're watching on the internet because they don't want to become a part of a community. They just want to watch online. They want it easy. And so in 2019, we're going to do a much better job of making it easier to join community. I'm going to share a lot of my personal testimony today. Um, so turn to your partner, your, your neighbor right now, and say, it's about to get real. Caleb, say it. Okay. I just met him on Wednesday, a little plug. My wife and I are leading the junior, senior high, uh, the juniors and senior D team this, this semester. Uh, if you don't have, if you have, sorry, if you have an 11th or 12th grader and they're not in D teams, we'd love to have them. Um, it's an awesome time. I haven't led D-teams since, like, back in Nam, so it's cool to be back in it again. <laughs> um, so here's my personal testimony, and I'm going to tie it back into that story. Four years ago, I was in a totally different place than I am right now. Um, I woke up one day, and much like the people that were on that plane, I didn't know where I was. I mean, I, I physically knew where I was, but spiritually, I had no idea where I was. Um, my entire life, I had struggled with pornography, and it got to the point where I just, it was, it was taking over my life. I couldn't live a double life anymore. And I know some of you hear that word, and you're like, oh, I can't be in this service anymore. That makes me uncomfortable. Um, the church needs to talk about pornography. The church needs to talk about sex. And the less we talk about it, the more enticing it is to our youth to go and look for it in another place. We need to teach on it. Um, and that was really hard. I almost lost everything. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was working at the church then, which it's probably not good to be working at the church and having a, an addiction like that. Um, so I finally, a lot of people I feel like when they have this problem, they get caught. Well, that didn't happen to me. I confessed, which I think saved me a lot of, a lot of grief, thankfully. Um, 
But it just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't live this double life anymore. And I was so sick of being one person on the stage and then being a completely different person when I went home. And it was, it was really scary. When I talk about the two worst times in my life, one was when we lost the kid, and then this, this is by far the worst. This was the lowest of the low points in my life. Um, I just really felt like I've ruined everything. Like, my life is never gonna be the same again. My wife's gonna leave me. I'm gonna lose my job. And I'm just a loser. Like, that's the end of it. And I just really felt like it was over. Um, so I told my wife, and you can imagine how that went. It didn't go very well. Uh, we joke about it now because thankfully everything's better, but uh, I'm just going to tell her. Yeah, she, she threw an iPad at me, so that was not good. <laughs> um, and actually, when I told Pastor, who's my boss, and my dad, which can make for some really weird times, um, I was expecting the same thing. I was expecting an iPad to be tossed my way or something, and it wasn't. It was grace. It was, we're going to get you help. It was, you're not going to lose your job. Um, I, then, I still decided to leave because I just felt like I can't be in ministry right now. Um, but when somebody comes to you and they confess something to you, treat them with grace. Treat them with love. Because if you don't, if you have teenagers in this room right now and they confess something to you, don't get, treat, like, take a deep breath first. Like, if your kid comes to you and says, Dad, I burnt the house down, take a deep breath first, okay? Because the angrier that you get at them, the less they're going to confess to you. And eventually they're just going to stop confessing altogether. I'm so thankful for parents that anytime I ever confessed anything to them, all I was given was grace. And yeah, they were angry. And yeah, there's course correction. I think <laughs> when my mom found out, I think she actually told Lauren, she said, my first reaction was I wanted to punch him in the face. Right? That was your first reaction. I want to punch him in the face. But she didn't. <laughs> yes. You just say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. So you see, some of us in our lives, um, when I was introduced to porn, it wasn't a big deal. It was just this little thing. And I don't know. It, it, it wasn't that big of a deal in my life. And I think some of us, we have sin in our lives right now that it's not a big deal. And I felt like we, we pray as a staff every single, every single day during the work week, and I felt like on Thursday, um, the Holy Spirit just gave me this word that Goliath, everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, right? Goliath, at one point, he wasn't a nine-foot-tall murdering giant. At one point, he was a cute baby, right? And babies are adorable. I used to never like babies, and then I had one, and now I think all babies are adorable. Um, some of us have sin in our life that's a baby. But if we're not careful, eventually it's going to turn into a nine-foot-tall giant that's trying to kill us and destroy us. Also, another story that I was going to use for that, this lady in 2017, she, uh, she had a pet tiger, and the, the tiger eventually killed her in her sleep. I don't know why you would ever have a pet tiger. Um, same story, though. All right, online community. So our online community is great, 
But like I said earlier, if we aren't careful, what we have created will be the end of our church. Eventually, we're going to get to a point where it's just comfortable to stay home. I don't know if you guys have seen a Christian comedian. What's his name? Uh, John Christ. He just created a video, the virtual reality church. Have you, have you seen it? That's not far away from happening. And if we're not careful, that could be the end of the church as we know it. Because we've just become such a consumer culture. And we're not going to let that happen here at Freedom Center. Vision Casting 2019 for Online Church. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am, there am I with them. Did I just get a lot louder? Did that happen, Jason? No? Okay. I must be, I'm probably going to pass out soon. Um, <laughs> for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Matthew 18, 20. Notice that it doesn't say, for where one, two, or three gather in my name, there am I with them. It says for two or three. We were built, like Pastor Carl preached last week, we were built to live in community. We were created by community. I love that guy, Pastor Carl. I don't know if he's in the room today. Um, if you think about him today, just say a prayer for his Eagles. They're playing today to, uh, to move on to the NFC Championship game. I'll be praying for him. Because I really, he, he, his wife films like these reaction videos of him, and they're the best. And I, wanna, I want them to keep going. Last week, his kid said that she was, she was like, Dad, you're scaring me. And he said, then leave the room. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so how are we going to develop this online community at Freedom Center Church? It's about time I get to the how. I'm excited to announce something called Heart for the House. If you are a leader at Freedom Center Church, so unfortunately for, this isn't for guests. We'll get to guests. But if you are a leader at Freedom Center Church, the last Wednesday of every month in the morning at 8 a.m., we're inviting you to the building with the staff. There's going to be worship, and there's going to be a time of teaching. We're going to be going over something that Pastor Carl's actually developed called the Cultural Manifesto. It's just who is Freedom Center Church? What does Freedom Center Church represent? What do we believe? Where are we going? And Pastor Jim's going to be teaching that. And we would love to have you. But we understand that most people from, from 8 to 9 on a Wednesday, that's work, right? So you can't come here. So we're going, to be, we're going to be creating an online package for you to watch. Um, all, all leaders in the church are going to be required to watch this at some point. But it's our first uh, voyage into online discipleship groups. We're going to continue to explore the idea of online groups. Um, for people that watch online right now, that we have, okay, we have one lady her name is Rebecca May. I hope she doesn't mind. Hi, Rebecca. Um, she's watching on the internet right now. And physically, she can't come to church. Uh, she just can't, she can't get out of her house. And so we offer an opportunity for her to stay connected to this place without having to ever leave her house because she can't. But what she can't do is she can't join a life group or a group. Sorry, we just call them groups now. She can't join a group. And so in 2019, we're going to be creating online groups. And for those of you that have crazy busy lives, we're going to be creating online groups. And uh, the first one that we're going to do, um, now I'm just talking. I'm doing what you do now. I'm just making up things as if they're true, even if they're not. <laughs> 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 um, 
not scripture-wise, just sometimes he speaks things into existence that don't exist yet, but they always do after he, he says them. But he, Pastor Jim is going to be teaching an online class, an online group. I just said that, so now you're going to be doing that. Um, so if you, if you want to do a group, um, an online one, we would love to have you become a part of his. That's going to be happening in the near future, probably around May or June or July or August. It'll be happening soon. And then lastly, we're going to be doing something called 10 by 10. I don't know if you guys have heard Pastor Jim talk about these at all. Um, but we have had people come to Christ, get saved through the Internet, through watching our service online. We actually do, uh, he thinks that this is cool, but we do, uh, if you want to receive Christ, put up your hand emoji and comment on Facebook. And people have put up their hand emoji. I wouldn't say 100 yet, but the 10, 20, 30, somewhere around their salvations. And the cool thing is that a lot of time they don't even really know what they're committing to. Um, but these 10 by 10s are going to give them a better idea of what they're committing to. So essentially, they raise their hand, and then we're going to send them a link to a video. It's 10 10-minute 10 videos to kind of help you understand what you just signed up for, to help you understand um, the God that you have committed to. So what we're going to do right now is I want to play you a trailer really quick. Who wants to watch a movie? Quick movie? Okay, cool. Awesome. We're going to show you just a quick, it's about two and a half minute trailer of what those 10 by 10s are going to look like. Um, Brett Carlton, I don't know if he's back there. He's uh, our video guy. He's doing a phenomenal job. We love having Brett around. And uh, him and Pastor and just our online team, we've been kind of dreaming and scheming how to disciple people on the internet. And this is what we've come up with. So I hope you enjoy this video. Hey everybody, Pastor Jim from the Freedom Center, and I am happy to welcome you uh, to an introduction about what we're gonna be doing here at, with 10 10 minute videos. We're calling it 10 by 10. And these videos are designed to help you kind of get your steps underneath you as you begin to follow Christ. They're there to help you kind of relax and have an atmosphere where you're in control, where you can study, you can read, you can uh, text questions or email questions in, and we can begin to have this dialogue. And right now, I just wanna tell you, the 10 different sessions we're going to be talking about. Number one is going to be this. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? I mean, am I joining a church? Am I becoming religious? Or is it something more than that? We're going to be talking about that in session one. Session two, what's the church all about? Is it a place and a time and a people that does the thing? Or is it something alive, something universal, something global, something more? Number three is going to be the Bible. What is this book all about? Who's it written to? What's it written about? What's his primary purpose and function? Number four is the person of the Holy Spirit. God, as we understand him, is a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The fifth session, prayer. What it means to talk to God. Am I informing an all-knowing God? Or am I doing something else? Am I invoking him to action and relationship and uh, dialogue? Uh, number six is worship, the different expressions of worship. Is it singing? Is it so much more than that? Can our life be worship? Can we actually be worshipers rather than just people that worship? Uh, we're gonna be talking about your purpose in session seven. And uh, you know, you're created to do more than behave yourself. You're created to be dangerous. You're created to go places, to do things. And we're gonna help you understand what God placed inside of you and what those things might be telling you about yourself. Number eight, we're gonna be talking about missions, the global purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mandate 
to go into all the world and really the invitation that is for every believer to, uh, to go places, to do things and to be on mission for Jesus. Number nine is what to do with your past. I know it might seem like we should have dealt with that up front, but really we're dealing with the subject of forgiveness and living with a clean heart, uh, not just towards God, but towards people and the significant challenge mercy is uh, to your soul, to this world, and to our walks with Christ. And, and number 10, the 10th session, I'm really excited about is just understanding the process and the progress we make going from orphans to sons and daughters to becoming heirs, being ambassadors of Christ in the world. So lots of stuff. I hope that you'll be a part of this. I hope you'll say, hey, I'm interested in number four, but I'm interested in number two. Like go to number four right now and just click on it and, and start your journey with us. And uh, we're grateful that you joined us. We hope that you'll enjoy all of these videos. You know, share them with your friends on Facebook and all your different social media platforms. And together, I think this is really gonna make a difference. God bless you, enjoy. So that's the intro for discipleship. Um, there's 10 of them. We filmed seven of them so far. We've got three more to go. It'll be done by the end of January, beginning of February. And the cool part about it is it's for people that get saved at our church. But if you know people that just got saved and you don't really know what to, to give them next, give them these videos. They're going to be available to anybody. I have one more story that I want to share with you guys. Um, Alter team, you can actually come up now. I'm almost done. It's only 10.07. I've got a minute and 45 seconds still. So can we get the altar team up? Do we have an altar team this morning? Pastor Pat, you guys can actually all stand up. Sorry. I mean, everybody can stand up. Thank you. Blair, you were the first one up. Thank you. Blair Irwin. I love that guy. Um, back in May of last year, I actually got the, uh, the blessing to go to a church in Minneapolis, Minnesota called River Valley Church. I don't know if you guys have heard it. We've actually sent a lot of our creative people here, there. Um, they're, they're just a really great church. And uh, I went to their conference. And one of the speakers there, he was a guest speaker. He, um, he, he was given the opportunity to meet with Billy Graham. And uh, I think everybody knows here who Billy Graham is. If you don't, he's the greatest speaker of our generation. I can't even imagine. He just passed away, but I can't even imagine the celebration that happened in heaven when he got there. Just tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people owe their salvation to this man. And when the, when the guest speaker got there, he got to his house. Billy Graham was on his deathbed. He probably had about a month left to live. And he said it was awesome. You could just feel the presence of God being in, in the presence of, of Billy Graham. And Billy said, is there anything that I can pray for you for? And the guy's like, yeah, like everything, you know, like this is the only time I'm ever going to get a chance for Billy Graham to pray for me. So Billy Graham prays for him. And then the guy says, hey, uh, Billy, is there anything that I can pray for for you? And you'll never guess what Billy Graham said. He said this. Oh, come on. Pray that I finish the race strong. He had a month left to live in his life. And he just said, just pray that I don't screw it up. I've got a month left, and I've just, I've fought my race. Please, God, don't let me, don't let me screw up at the end. That man knows more about God than I'll ever know in my life. And he still needed God every single day. You see, church, you never get to a point in your life where you just don't need God, where you feel comfortable, and 
you just kind of coast. And if you're coasting right now, maybe you're veering a little bit off course. And a great way to not veer off course is to be a part of community. If you're off course right now, you, know, you want to know the best way to get back on course? This is, this is for free, like Pastor Carl said last week. The best way to get back on course? Find a group of friends that are running after Jesus as hard as they possibly can and ask if you can be their friend. Community sharpens each other. It keeps you on course. When you're off just one or two degrees, someone can see it. They say, how are you doing? You say, fine. They know you're not fine. They're going to get you back on course. Right outside these doors right here, there's a group of people that are, they're not trying to bug you. They're not trying to, to avoid you from going to eat mega after service. They're trying to help you. They're trying to get you to become part of a community so that you and them can look more like Christ. Community is such a big deal. Community is the reason why I'm on the stage today. I wouldn't have gotten over my fight with pornography if it wasn't for community. Pastor Carl and I met for probably a couple of months after that, every single week, just how are you doing, how are you doing, how are you doing? Um, community set me up with a counselor that I got to go through. Community prayed for me every single day, prayed for my wife, and community is the only reason why I can say that I've overcome pornography. I've overcome that sin in my life. Are there things that I still struggle with? Absolutely. And honestly, can we be honest really quick? I struggle with being a part of a community sometimes still. I would prefer to sit in my gym shorts all day long and watch college football by myself. But that wouldn't be good for me. And then you have people like Pastor Jim who if he was in a room by himself, he'd become friends with the wall. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the guy lives and breathes community. My brother lives and breathes community. I think that might be why I'm so quiet. There just wasn't any more oxygen left in the room between <laughs> Pastor JD and Pastor Jim. I just, there wasn't, there wasn't any room for me to talk. I don't ever get to talk. That's why my mom and I are so quiet. If you struggle with... Um, lust, pornography, I would love to be able to talk to you at some point, just kind of explain to you how I got through it. Um, there's way more to the story than obviously I, was, I got to share today. Um, but my main point today is just, if there's sin in your life that it looks like a baby right now, don't let it get to that giant place. Correct it now. Correct it in community. When you confess to community that you're struggling with things, they're not going to yell at you. They're not going to scream at you. They're going to hug you. They're going to tell you it's okay. They're going to show you how to get out of it. So I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we're going to end. And I'm only four minutes over. It's hard to get the whole thing in in 25 minutes. It's impressive when you do. I love my dad, by the way. I know I'm ragging on him a little bit, but I love him. Thanks, Miss Pat. <laughs> so, God, thank you for this group of people. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this community. God, I pray that we would always be iron sharpening iron. It's so easy to fall into a, a trap of just being friends with people but not actually sharpening each other. And I pray that we would, just, we would have those uncomfortable conversations that we would just 
chase after you as hard as we can. We love you. We thank you for today. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Just a couple more minutes, a couple, couple uh, little things. If you're new to the Freedom Center, I don't normally preach. This is actually the first time I've ever done it. Um, if you're new, Pastor and Dina are back in the guest room. They'd love to meet you. They'd love to hear your story. You can go back there. If you need prayer for any reason, come up here. The prayer team, I trust, knows how to help you.